0: The title for today is Paul's Key, the Apostle Paul's Key for Impacting Post-Christian America. In case you haven't noticed, we are now post-Christian America, all right? In case you missed that somehow, that's that's the fact, right? But we're in Acts 17, verses 16 to 33, and we're going to be talking about idols today, believe it or not, in Athens. When I was a kid, idols were unknown in the USA, remember? Some of those who are as old as me, uh, it was unheard of. That's something people in Africa or India did or had, they, you know, the idols were over there, but now the USA is immersed in idolatry immersed in it what is an idol in deuteronomy 32 verse 16 it says this they made him jealous with their foreign gods and angered him with their detestable idols they sacrificed to demons which are not god gods they had not known gods that recently appeared gods your ancestors did not fear what is an idol demons they're, they're they're demons. That's why it's so serious. That's why the very first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. Right, boom, 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 right there. It's really, really important because idols are actually demons. The Bible teaches us. They're demons. Uh, Satan was thrown from heaven with a third of the angels of heaven. Because why was he thrown from heaven? Because he wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be worshipped. And his fallen angels want the same. They want to be worshiped. And so they deceive and usurp god's worship in order to get this and and it's demonic uh, i some of you might remember the story i told about when we were in chicago kim and i lived in chicago we were house sitting for six months and the house was full of idols the people traveled all over the world collected all these idols it was really creepy uh, but but on top of that after we were there just a few days we knew we were in a haunted house it was demonic activity everywhere It was crazy uh we called the police because we thought someone was in the house it was it was just Crazy, crazy, crazy. Finally, we realized wait, look at all these idols. This is spiritual. We prayed, we prayed the blood of Jesus Christ, and it all stopped. It all stopped. Because it was that's, that's a demonic doorway. All gods are not the same being. You know, there's the the, the religion in America, the, the civil religion of America is we all worship the same God. And every, you know, there are many roads to the top of the mountain, but they all get to the same spot. Well, that that is not there's only one true God. The rest are demons. Focus that in your mind. They're demons. There's only one true God and there's only one way to get to him. One way to get to him. The one way to reach the one true God, and that is John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is one true God and one way, and that is through his one and only Son. Every other path is a dead end. They can walk up any path they want on the mountain. It's a dead end. Now dead end and eternally a dead end. It's a dead end. Acts 4.12, remember when we saw that? Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. One true God and only one way to Him, through His Son, Jesus Christ. So an idol's true goal is to take our eyes off the one true God. That's what the demon's goal is. But it's not just statues. The Bible teaches us that anything or anyone can become an idol for us anyone or anything 1 john 5:21 john said the apostle john said dear children keep yourselves from idols talking to christians this is the church and because it's so easy to fall into idolatry, we, we, wh- whatever we turn to, and this is the key, whatever we turn to to meet our deepest need instead of God, we're going to be do communion a little bit. That's what communion is all about, remembering that we need the connection to God, that only God can f- to really fill us and, 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 and fulfill us. Only he can. But whatever we turn to to meet our deepest need instead of God is an idol. Anything could be anything, anyone. What are some examples? Shout out a couple. Money, big. Cell phone, thank you. Money's huge. Cell phone, what else? Food, food, food yes. Video games, yes. Hear that, teenagers? Uh, and, and, and young adults and some older people. Anyway, uh, what else? Influence. Influence. Shopping. Shopping, yeah, yes. Other people. Job, people, other people, other people. Yeah, you get the idea. Anything. It could be alcohol, could be drugs, could be food, could be sex, could be the TV, the phone, the computer, could be sports, uh our team, money, a person, anything. And in number remember we did the book of Joshua, uh and we saw in numbers 3350 where it says here, on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their carved images and their cast idols and demolish all their high places. Take possession of the land I've given you for the land. Sorry, I'm trying to do it by memory. The possession of the land and settle in it for I've given you the land to possess. But, verse 55, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those... You allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble in the land where you will live. And then I will do to you what I plan to do to them. Did you, you catch the idolatry there? The, 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 the idols, the places, the people that had to be driven out, that had to be destroyed. People, place, thing, anything that pulls us away from God, that pulls us down, that takes our eyes off of Jesus Christ, that hurts our communion. And it could be anyone, it could be anything, it could be something good, but it's not great. It's not God. It could be anything that could become an idol to us. Let's look at Paul's response to idols here in Acts 17. Very, very interesting. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the worship. Thank you for each person who's here or listening somewhere, Lord. We know that it's no accident that we're here, that you want to do something in our heart a work in our heart. I pray that you would do that, and at the same time, prepare us for communion. And also, if anybody has never put their faith in Jesus Christ, today would be that day, the day of salvation. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's uh, read the passage. I'm going to use the screen here. So uh, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of Idols. I know some of you visited Athens. We're some hands out there on the different tours, right? Athens, right? Yep. Uh, so he re- he reasoned in the synagogue with both the Jews and God-fearing Greeks as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even have found an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else from one man he made everything all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though He is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like a like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commends all people everywhere to repent, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council uh am i missing no that's good okay at that paul left the council all right good so uh we see here first of all go back to verse 16 we see verse 16 while paul was waiting for them in athens he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols we see that first of all paul was distressed by so many idols literally the greek means he was exasperated beyond endurance exasperated beyond endurance. Anybody been exasperated beyond endurance lately? Maybe your kids, maybe your spouse, maybe whatever, right? It, It freaked him out. It freaked him out. Does all the idolatry in the USA today freak us out? Does it break our hearts like it broke Paul's heart? Very, very important question for us to look at. And then we see Paul's strategy, which are vital lessons for sharing Jesus Christ in our culture, for sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in the USA today. And the first thing I want to see what Paul did when he saw all these idols, verse 18, the first thing he did, uh, um, uh, I'm just going on to the second part where he said, they said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection, Paul, what did he do? He preached Jesus the good news. That's what we call the gospel. Good news, same thing. He, we preached the, he preached the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. He didn't water it down. He didn't try to make it seeker sensitive. He didn't, he, he didn't try to, you know, you know, make it pleasing to the people, you know, the, the culture around him. He preached Jesus Christ. Christ and His resurrection, and we said, "Oh, what's the big deal?" This was radical. This was shocking. This was unbelievable message. This was completely against everything the the world at that time. There was this was wait just when Jesus had just been resurrected. Now we take it for granted, although a lot of people just don't don't accept it. But we we take it for granted. But this was shocking. He even though and he still preached it even though he knew it would upset people. Why do you think Paul was? Attacked so much. Why do you think he was stoned so many times? Beaten so many times? You know, beheaded, finally beheaded. Why? Because he preached Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And the world hated him for it. And the world will hate us for it. But we're called to preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ It's the very first thing that Paul shared, and we know from the rest of the book of Acts, he shared every chance he got. He did it in the synagogue. He did it in the marketplace. Whoever happened to be there. Remember the divine appointments? They didn't just happen. There was a reason. they He did every chance he got. Then Paul, after that, then he found a hook. Look at verses 22 to 23. Remember I talk about finding hooks, ways to hook someone, try to get them to bite on so you can really share the gospel even in more depth. And look at his hook. Then Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked, carefully at your objects of worship i even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown god he found a hook this was a connection point the athenians were spiritually confused they had no answers instead of spending all their time in philosophy and religion they had no answers in fact i was looking at uh, some church history church history here and uh, it says here that in Athens, about 120 days each year, 120 days each year, every third day, was devoted to a religious festival. Think about that. Uh, one ancient prayer that sums up their religious confusion, because they were just trying to somehow connect to God. They, the, their prayer began, "Hear, Lord, whoever you are. That's how they prayed. Lord, whoever you are hear us crazy right and and so they they were confused but Paul recognized something in their spiritual confusion he recognized they had a spiritual hunger they were desperate for answers he recognized that they tried Everything and anything, but they still had no answers, and that's why they finally put up an idol to an unknown God. But Paul used that as an open door, as a connection to share the gospel. See how, see how God led him on that? He was looking for an open door, he was looking for a connection point. It's the same today. People are desperate, they're desperately searching. They're trying to fill a hole in their heart that only God can fill. We call it the God hole, right? God created us with a God hole. He created us that way because he wants to be in communion with us. He wants a relationship with us. And only God can fill that hole. But people are desperate, and they, and they, turn, to, they turn to their idols. They turn to the idols. But even that we should try to use as a connection point. What are some idols that people have that you could try to connect with them through? Make a spiritual connection. The eagles. They love their eagles. That's all they do. They don't come to church. They watch the eagles, right? But you, you sit down and watch eagles with them, and you, you try to make a, you know, a connection there. Uh, the, you know, Baseball. It could be hunting. It could be anything. Uh, I know I'm going to probably step on some toes here, but do- dogs. could be dogs. Dogs are a big idol in America today. Now, listen. I love dogs. I guarantee you I've had way more dogs than anybody here. On the farm, we had five to 10 dogs at a time. And I cried many times over losing those dogs. I I love dogs in their proper place, in their proper place. But but they have become an idol in America. Dogs have become an idol. Why? Because people are lonely. People are trying to fill a hole in their heart by using that dog to fill that hole in the heart that only God can fill. It doesn't mean we can't love our dog. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying that that dog cannot fill a hole in the heart that only God has meant. And people, it's shocking to me as I walk down the street and talk to people and, you know, whatever. It's like an obsession. You can love our dog. But the obsession is what I'm talking about. It's an idolatry. What are they trying to do? They're trying to fill a hole in the heart that only God can fill and that people should be filling. Human beings should be filling. That's what has happened in our country. All right? But here's the example. Here's the thing. There's still a connection point. Talk about their dog. Here you have a cute dog. You've got a connection right away, right? See how much you love their dog. Even if you don't, pat it on the head. It's okay. All right? Pat it. Pretend. All right? Be all things to all men and all dogs, right? And then, now now, now here you go, and I'm going to give you a great hook here, too. Uh As you're talking about their dog, say, did you know that dog spelled backward is... God, you got a hook. You're going. You're ready. Invite him to church. All right. Yeah, I'm I having a little fun with this, but you, you see my point. We can make a connection with any. Paul did it with an unknown God. You know, we would be repulsed by that. What do you mean, unknown God? You know, idol. You know, he made the connection. He he used that. Recognize that their idolatry is really an attempt to fill a hole in their heart recognize that, and try to help them understand how only Jesus can fill that hole. Look, look what's going on in America this month. It's Pride Month, right? Well, every day is Pride Month in, in, the, in New Hope, right? But it's Pride Month. But I, so many of the the men that I've talked to, the homosexual men that I've talked to, the vast majority of them were rejected by their father. They had a Bad relationship with their father. The fathers rejected them, and when they they turned to be, thir- they were just desperately searching for male affirmation in their life. They turned to thirteen and fourteen, and they eroticized that search, and they were preyed upon by these groomers. and And next thing you know, they're in that lifestyle. and And I've tried, and I've helped. You know, we've had many many people come out of that lifestyle in our church. Some of you there, it's no big deal. It's like any other sin, right? We treat homosexual, heterosexual, any kind of sin the same way. It's the same thing, right? So, but many times I've helped someone see that your search for this this affirmation from a father is what has led you down this road, but only God, your father's dead. He's gone. He's out of your life. Only God can fill that hole in your heart. And once they Understand it and grasp that they can turn to Jesus and have their needs met and they, they can be freed from that sexual sin. And the same thing with I'll use women. Many women are promiscuous because their father has 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 not affirmed them and loved them though. And so they're searching for a man to love them. Many, many women go through this. And and lot same thing. Tell them, listen, I know what you're searching for. You're searching for your father's love, but you're but the only way to get that is through Jesus Christ and through his father. That's the only Way that's going to set you free and, and start to heal the scars and and and, and set you free of that bondage and, and and New Hope Community Church has helped many people for many different struggles. We all have many struggles, don't we? We all are there. God has helped. We've seen so many find healing through Jesus Christ, freedom in Jesus Christ. And a lot of you go, some of you go to AA, and uh, I can't say who you are because it's anonymous. But some of you AA, but we, what do we, what do you always do? You always try to help people see. The The higher power, that's the connection point, right? But the higher power is God. He's he's got a name. His name is Jehovah. And he has a son who he gave Jesus Christ to save us. And you can have the Holy Spirit's power by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And many come to faith through this very process of seeking the higher power and finding out it's really Jehovah God and his son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, right? So, So Paul finds this connection point. And and he he sees their spiritual search, and look what he does next. Look how he takes this this connection point and look what he does with next. Because it's something very good very important for us to learn. Verse 23. For I has walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. He makes the unknown God known to them. He makes him known to them. Verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temple built by human hands. He's sitting in Athens, which is surrounded by idols and temples everywhere. Some of them are still there, right? The, the, the pillars are still there. And he said, they're worthless. They're, they're nothing. He goes, and it is not And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. He makes the unknown God plain to them. Then he says a very interesting thing in verse 26. From one man he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. God, uh, from one man, Paul's preaching this, one man. Paul didn't believe in evolution. That we evolved from monkeys. He didn't buy the lies, right? He, Paul, preached that we all came from one man and his name was Adam. Adam. We all come from him. And this should say a lot to us in our country today. There is only one race, the human race. One race, the human race, and it's not a skin problem, it's a sin problem that we have to deal with. And only Jesus Christ can heal us, only he can unify us. That's what the the political parties and all the crazy stuff going on with racial stuff and all the riots, I mean protests, all that stuff, that is not solving anything. Only Jesus Christ can do that, and only the Church of Jesus Christ can bring racial healing. And it should be the what is bringing racial healing, the Church of Jesus Christ should be doing this. Then he says a very interesting thing, verse 26: From one man he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out the times and uh, times in history and the boundaries of their land. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. Very interesting that God determines the nation's times and places. little scary for us, isn't it? Seems like things might be wrapping up, doesn't it? But but very interesting. And he not only does does that, but he determines the exact place where people should live. Are you following this? He determines it. Why? So that people would seek him and find him. God has a plan for people finding him. I'll use an example we can all relate to. Uh, We are seeing worldwide massive migrations of people. Massive. And the USA is seeing it too. Massive migrations. We have this whole open border thing. uh, And listen, I've said it many times. No nation can survive an open border. We just can't. And maybe that's God's plan for us. Maybe, right? That just might be God's plan for us, that, that we have this open border, and that's going to be part of our judgment, right? Because we're not allowing our own babies into our country. Connect the dots, right? But that open border is not the church's job. That's the government's job. The government's job is to regulate our borders and to to keep the laws and turn them to not keep them. That is the government's job. But we, as Christians, have a very important job. Our job is to minister to the people who are coming in and to share the good news with them. That's our job. Don't get caught up. We can have our opinions and support a politician and all that stuff. I get it. But but that can't be the church's focus. The church's focus is to minister to these people. Don't miss this chance. Open borders are also an open door. The mission field has come to us. It's pouring in into us and and we have to focus on these people how to reach them i'm not getting involved in the politics all that stuff i don't i'm saying as a church as christians we have to try to reach them and share jesus christ and and show them the love of jesus christ that should be our whole focus that's a little different right That should be our focus. And then Paul drives home the gospel of Jesus Christ, verse 32. He drives it home in verse, I'm sorry, uh, verse 31. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. There's that resurrection thing again. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that point, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus and also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. number of others. We see he drives home the gospel. He makes the unknown God known to them. God is unknown to many people in the USA today, isn't he? Shockingly unknown. A couple years ago I was coaching a baseball team, and, and we were playing a really hard team. And I said, guys, we, it's going to be hard, but we could beat them. It's just like David and Goliath. And the whole team looked at me like, what? What?" I go, don't you guys know about David and Goliath? Not a single kid on the team knew what I was talking about. David and Goliath. <laughs> I mean, what? You know, but that's, God is unknown to most people in the U.S. today. We must make him known. We must make him known. Chuck, where's Chuck? Chuck, how many How many people on the street do you see that, that don't know anything about the gospel of Jesus? Over 90%. 90% of the street evangelism. 90% don't know. We have to make him known. Most in the USA don't know the true gospel. We have to share the true gospel gospel, John three sixteen, just memorize it. That's all you got to share. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Are our hearts broken by the idolatry and the ignorance in the USA today? I know it makes us mad, some of the stuff going on, but, but our hearts bro- are our hearts broken by that? Will we learn to see people as broken, as desperate, as instead of getting mad at them or upset with them, see them as desperate. See them, uh, look for connection points, a way to connect with them and share Jesus, to share Jesus how only he can fill that God hole in our hearts, which brings us to communion. That's what communion is all about. Communing, connecting with God. It's a reminder that we need to do this regularly. Where do we turn for comfort? Where do you turn? Where do we turn to meet our deepest needs? I know that right answer is Jesus, but what do we really turn to? What are we really depending on? Where do we turn to meet our deepest needs? Is it something in the world that's become an idol to us or is it communion with Jesus Christ? What do we turn to? Only Jesus can truly fulfill listen your team could win the. Super Bowl, the baseball, World Series, uh, you, every championship out there. You could win the lottery, which I hope you don't play. You could uh, you know, get a fancy car. You could have the biggest house. You could have everything. But if you don't have Jesus, it's going to be empty. Read the book of Ecclesiastes, what Solomon said. Empty. Completely empty. Only Jesus can truly fulfill. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We can only have full life through Jesus Christ. Have you put your faith in him? Have you given your life to Jesus? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever... Taken that step of faith. That step of faith of God, I repent of my sin. I believe Jesus died for my sin on that cross. I believe he rose again from the dead to prove he was your son, and I put my faith in him. I put my trust in him. I give my life to Jesus. Have you taken that step? You can do that today. Or and and as if you're already a Christian, is there anything in our life that's blocking our relationship? Uh, Is there any idol that the Holy Spirit is convicting us? Something that's good, but it's become too much too much. Something that we've turned to for comfort instead of turning to Jesus Christ. Someone that we've turned to. Is there an idol in our life? We're going to take communion now in just a moment. What it is that we have the, the bread represents the body of Christ. The cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we, when we take that, we're remembering what he did for us on the cross. Uh, uh, Todd will come up and lead us into this with little, some worship and prayer in just a moment. But uh, why? there's only two reasons why you shouldn't take communion. The first reason is you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. The, don't, don't take communion yet because you're not a Christian. You can't commune. But, but I'm going to pray with you just a minute. You can do it. Anybody can take communion. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. Uh, the second reason is if there's an idol in your life, you say, God, you can't have it. I have this tucked away or this is what I'm turning to and I'm not ready to surrender this, whatever it is. But hey, today's a new day. Today's the day to to surrender that idol, to repent of that, and to reestablish true communion. And everyone here can celebrate communion, but it's up to you. It's between you and God. You can take it or don't take it. Um, it if you didn't get a chance to get it yet, Todd will give you a moment in a minute to grab that. But, but that's, that's, uh, the, Todd will lead us through this, okay? Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? How is God speaking to us right now? How is the Holy Spirit convicting us? Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you know all about Jesus, but you've never put your faith in him. You've never put your trust in Jesus. You've never given your life, surrendered your life completely to him. You can do that right now. Right where you are, whether you're here, whether you're in your car, whether you're at home watching, wherever you are, you can put your faith in Jesus Christ right now. You can have a relationship with God right now through his son Jesus. You can have communion, constant communion with him through his son Jesus. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I put my faith in Jesus. I don't want to sin anymore. I repent of that. Anything in my life that goes against your word, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe Jesus paid for that on the cross. He paid for my sin. I put my trust in the cross of Jesus. I want the new life, the resurrection life that Jesus wants to give me. I accept that life. I surrender my life to Jesus. If you've prayed that prayer of faith or if you do pray that prayer of faith and something amazing has happened, you now have communion with the one true God. He's not unknown anymore. He is known. He is your Father. Your heavenly Father, and you can access him anytime. He's never too busy. Through his son Jesus Christ, you can come to him anytime for anything. And you can start off with communion today. And I want to encourage you, if you've prayed the prayer of faith and given your life to Jesus, putting your faith in Him, I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Maybe you have somebody here who's a friend or family member. Maybe you have someone at work or someone else that you know that is a Christian. Or Tell me. Tell me on the way out. fill out the card. Stick it in the box. Text me. Call me. Let somebody know so that we can be excited for you and encourage you in your new life in Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Is there someone or something that we turn to instead of God for that ultimate, deepest need that we have? Has something taken God's place In our life, our heart, will we surrender that today so that we can know fulfilled life, real life, real intimacy with Jesus Christ. Everything else is okay in its place. It just can't be in front of God. There's nothing wrong with all these other things as long as they're not in front of God. Father, I pray that every one of us would... make you the number one go-to, the number one place that we go for joy, that we go for peace, that we go for fulfillment. If anything is blocking that, Lord, I pray that you would convict us and set us free in Jesus' name.